thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. From the top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad you're joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We are diving into a new series. I say new series. What is this? The third episode of it. But I haven't gotten very far. You've got to stick with us. It's going to hold a lot of instruction that's going to help us in our everyday life. And it's something I'm going to be introducing what Jesus said to me when I went to St. Petersburg, Russia. Right before I made that trip, God said to me, I'm going to speak to you while you're over there. And Jesus came in my hotel room one night and talked to me for an hour. Did you see him face to face? No, but by word of knowledge, I knew exactly where he was and I knew exactly what he was saying. And he had me to write it down and we put it in this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing. Now, don't get duped by the title in the sense of, yes, it refers to this, uh, the double portion of the anointing, but everyone has an anointing within that we need to become skillful with. And this will help with that. Um, Not everyone is going to walk under a double portion of the anointing. There's things that surround that and not everyone needs that. And not everyone is positioned to walk in that. But everyone can walk with an increased knowledge of the anointing that abides within them and how to draw on that anointing, how to cooperate with that anointing and benefit from it the most. Now, what we have said, go back and watch the previous episodes because we've just been setting it up to this point. But we've been making these statements. Every believer has an anointing within them. That is the anointing, the power of God that resides on the inside of you to help you be a success every day of your life. Then there is anointing that will come up on for those who are separated unto the fivefold ministry, those who stand in a pulpit ministry. Um, You don't want to try to operate in that unless you're called to it. It's dangerous to try to step into an office you're not called to. But for those who are called to it, there is an additional anointing that comes upon. That is not for their own personal life. That is to help them to be effective in ministering to others. Every minister, uh, everyone who stands in a five-fold office cannot live for their own personal life off the anointing that comes upon. They have to live off the anointing that abides within. We all have the same anointing within us, that anointing that abides within for our own success. So ministers cannot confuse the two and think that the anointing that comes up on them is to help them in their everyday life. That's to help us be effective in ministering to others. But everyone, every believer, um, FIFO minister or a layman, a congregation member, you know, a member of the body of Christ, 
we all have the anointing that abides within. This is going to help instruct in that because the same principle that helps you walk effectively under double portion anointing will help you walk effectively toward the anointing that abides within you. The anointing that abides within you cannot be increased. Yet, you can increase your sensitivity and skill at yielding to it. Therefore, it can flow in a greater degree or a lesser degree based on our own skill. So this is what is going to be a help to us is learning what this says and states and states. Now to those who are in fivefold ministry and they say, well, can I, how can I walk under a double portion anointing? Well, the, the number one thing you have to know is this, a double portion anointing is only available to a man who is faithful to another man right. through his, until the time he leaves the earth. Amen. Just like Elijah mm-hmm. and Elisha. Mm-hmm. Elisha served Elijah um, and served him till the time Elijah left the earth. So it's for someone who would jump around from one location to another, one, if I could say this, one, one spiritual father to another, they're, they're anyway, we'll not go into all that, but to walk under double portion anointing, you have to be where God put you and stay there. Be, be where God put you and stay there. And, um, so we want to talk about what it means to be skillful mm-hmm. with the anointing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Um, know this, the anointing of God is the power of God. Yes. Power yes. requires skill. Yes. Amen. I said power requires skill. Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, people just say, well, I just want the power of God to work. Well, then we have to cooperate. Right. God yes. operates the power, but we cooperate yes. with the power. And um, God can only manifest his power to the level we're able to cooperate with it. So the more we are skillful with cooperating with the power of God in our own lives, the the greater the degree of power can flow, not because the anointing abides within, that doesn't increase, but we can have a greater uh, dependence on it, a greater draw on that anointing, and it will do a greater work in us. Amen. So also... The thing that's so important about what Jesus taught me in this book is that it's, it, it's a message for the last day revival. Right. Yeah. It's going to help us to be effective in operating um, at the, with the anointing 100% potential of that anointing. Yes. Um, every one of us, there's anointing that abides within we want it to be able to, to operate at 100% potential. Right. That requires our skill. That yes. requires us to know something. Yes. Not only that, with your pastor or ministers that you sit under, they can only go and operate at the potential of their office that the congregation will move with them. Right. It's, right. it's, it's just not up to the preacher to operate at full potential power of his office. The congregation has to go with him. Yes. So it's there's three parts in every service, God's part, the minister's part, and the congregation's part. So as we learn these truths, then uh, our our man of God, our pastor, those that we are connected with, we're able to help them go further. Just by cooperating with them, going with them, not not holding back, not doubting. Um, Now, um, as I said, in 2018 is when I went to St. Petersburg, Russia, and Jesus talked to me while I was over there. he said this, and I, this time I'm going to read the whole thing of what he said yes. that night. 
He said some more to me the following morning. I'll not address that yet, but I will read this and then we'll go on and we'll break it down and start teaching out of it. Um, he said this, to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Bring great consecration to the tongue and speech. That means not speaking lightly, inappropriately, or with exaggeration. Only truth can be in your mouth, for God and His power only flow through truth. Then Jesus said this to me, I only said what I heard my father say. I only did what I saw my father do. You have the help you need for this task with the tongue through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you. Choose to have a guard set over your mouth to have your tongue tamed by the power, help, and reliance upon the Holy Spirit. No man on his own can tame the tongue. It requires the divine help of the Holy Spirit. Slowness to make changes that I may deal with you about is unacceptable. There is to be prompt obedience to correction, direction, and instruction. That slowness of change is a bad habit of the flesh that can be broken through the power of the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is a requirement and a must for that change to take place. When Elisha asked for a double portion of the anointing that was upon Elijah, Elijah told him he, as he had asked a hard thing. It was not hard for God, but it would call for a hardness of Elisha toward his mind and his flesh. He could not be tolerant toward weakness of his mind and flesh if he was to carry a double portion of the anointing. He said, you have called out for that place in the anointing which God appreciates, but you must also be sober about the responsibilities that anointing calls for. It pleases God to bless you with that anointing, but then it calls for you to be pleased to bring yourself in line with the responsibilities of that anointing. Smith Wigglesworth is an example of the consecration and responsibility toward that anointing. He lived and walked in the spirit with ease, freedom, and liberty as he spent his days in feeding and meditating on the word and in fellowship with God. Through his ongoing, um, through meditating on the word and in fellowship with God through his ongoing devoted prayer life. Be mindful and purposeful to give yourself to the lifestyle of intake of the word and fellowship with me through continued prayer. My yoke is light and easy. This can be accomplished with lightness and ease as you give yourself to focusing on these two things, continually feeding and meditating on the word and continual prayer and fellowship with God. Doing these two things will help you keep the door closed to the mind and the flesh through which Satan and his strategies gain entrance. Meditate often and much on the lightness and the ease of my yoke so that you think right toward these things. In my presence is fullness of joy. Carry out my plan in my presence. Then you will hold yourself in the, in the joy of this flow where the mind and the body are always kept under the dominion of your spirit. Be an example of this for you have the help of the greater one to carry this out. There is no burden to the responsibilities of the anointing. As you take up your cross to follow me, that cross lifts you into the lightness and ease of my flow. I never conducted, <coughs> excuse me, I never conducted my earthly life as being under a burden of the price I was to pay. Life for me was a great joy and delight. 
I only experienced being a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief for a few brief moments on the cross. But I carried sorrows and griefs so that you would never have, have to experience them for a moment. In bearing them, I freed you. From, I freed you from it so that you would only live under, that you would only live your life under that which is light and easy. You need this to accomplish the fullness of my will. Now move in it and you will be lifted above that which tries to trouble you. As you walk daily in this direction, you will see difficulties and challenges fall off you. Now, then he took time and uh, I spent time, if I could say this, meditating much on this, letting him open this up to me. So we're going to take some time. Let's go back to the first of what he said to me. Um, he said to me that night to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Then he said this about what does it mean to misspeak under the anointing? I'm going to, I'm going to camp on that a little bit, but he went on further and he said to not misspeak, bring great consecration to the tongue and to, and to the speech, not speaking lightly, inappropriately or with exaggeration. Only truth can be in your mouth for God and his power only flow through truth. And Jesus said to me, I only said what I heard my father say. I only did what I saw my father do. So when we look at this first sentence to walk accurately and in the fullness of this era and season, do not misspeak under the anointing. Well, how many of you know for you to walk accurately in what you're born for? It's the same thing. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> that would include us being skillful. To be skillful with the anointing in these last seasons, in these, in these last days, we have to be skillful toward our tongue, yeah. Amen. toward our speech. Yes. I'm not referring to speaking grammatically correct. I'm referring to speaking in line with the Word. Yes. Right? Amen. The Word of God is the will of God. We have to speak in line with his word, speak in line with his will yes. to be skillful with our speech. Yes. We're to please God in our speech. We're to say what he says to say, and we're to speak right at all times, especially when under the anointing. Yes. Now I'm speaking that especially for ministers, especially under the anointing. Uh, but for every believer wanting to draw on that anointing that abides within, yes. we can't give way to that anointing that abides within by speaking wrongly. Right. Getting into strife, getting into doubt and unbelief, speaking wrong words. That will shut down the flow of that anointing that abides within. It'll hinder its flow. Amen. To misspeak under the anointing will keep us, uh, will keep us from accuracy if we misspeak and from flowing in the fullness of what belongs to us. Yes. Now, let me give you an example when I talk about misspeaking under the anointing because me as a minister um, in the pulpit, it matters to all ministers, I say this, it matters um, how we, the words that come out of that pulpit. Yes. We can't just have words out of our thoughts, out of our opinions, yes. out of our conviction. It has to be out of the word. Yes. Um, I'll give you an example. I'll tell on me. I'd like to tell on somebody else, but I can't do that. <laughs> I, I know me far better. Um, years ago, I was asked to speak at an event. Um, it was not a church event, but it was an event that was, um, well, it was a funeral of, of a police officer. And it was here in the LA County, here in Los Angeles. 
and there would be a, at least 4,000 people in attendance at that. That would hold, there were city officials, there were state officials there because it was a police officer. For weeks, a flu epidemic had been spreading around. Um, people were missing church. I mean, in groves, large numbers of people were really dealing with this. And about three days before this event, the enemy said to my mind, I'm going to put flu on you. I know that you, you I've taught you. Yeah. What do you do when the wrong thought comes? You answer it. That's right. Right? right. And I said, oh, no, I won't, I won't be getting the flu. Why? Jesus redeemed me. I won't be getting it. I'm, I'm opting out of that one. I'm not, I'm not going to take that one. And about two days later, um, I was conducting a service in our church. Toward the end of the service, I would preached the sermon, and I had made a statement. And I was, actually, I was getting ready to make a statement. And I, you know, I was, if I could say this, I wasn't sober enough about that statement I was fixing to make. And I made, it was a statement, it wasn't against a person, but it would have shown a denominational um, in a negative light. And right before I made the, and I was part way through the statement. Have you ever been part way through the statement? You go, uh oh, what am I saying? <laughs> Have you ever done that? Is it just me? No, no it's y'all. Okay. And part way, I had already started the statement, and I mean, on the inside, it was like the spirit of that anointing that abides within grabbed me. If I could say it this way, checked me strong. It was like somebody grabbing you inside. And I go, uh, and I thought, I'm already partway into this thing. And so I just finished the statement um, because I'm well into it. (laughs) I finished the service. I walked out of the service and I walked into our hospitality room at the church. And when I stepped into the hospitality room, every Flu symptom was on me in full-blown measure. It was not something that just gradually started full-blown. One moment it wasn't there, the next moment full-blown flu symptoms. And I knew where I'd missed it. Can I tell you this? When we miss it, we know where we missed it. Too many times people say, oh, I don't know where I missed it. Um, I may have to beg to differ. Because and when I missed it, I've known where I've missed it. Yes. I know what the Spirit of God is dealing with me about. Yes. I know what even my own conscience yes. would be dealing with me about. Yes. When I disobeyed that spirit that was trying to arrest me, yes. that anointing that abides within was trying to arrest me. Mm-hmm. See, this is what every one of us have this. We have to be yes. skillful with this. We have yes. to learn this. Yes. Why? Because it's going to affect what we receive in life. That's right. That's right. That's right. When I disobeyed the spirit and went ahead and finished that statement, I stepped out of love. And when I stepped out of love, I got onto the devil's territory. And when I got onto the devil's territory, then he had a right to attack me. Love is God's territory. That's our territory. Anything that's not of love is the devil's territory. Amen. Dad Hagen used to say to us, one step out of love is a step into sin. That's right. And which is the devil's territory. And when you get on the devil's territory, he has a right to attack you. Amen. So I drove home 
Um, there were people, you know, around in the, in the back room at the church. So I just got in my car and I drove home and it was not easy driving home. You know, you're not feeling, feeling bad, bad. And I walked into my house. I sat down at my kitchen table. No one else was there. I just set my stuff down and I said, Father, your spirit checked me on that. And because I was partway through the sentence, the statement, I went ahead and finished it. So I can't plead ignorance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. I can't plead ignorance. Um, I can't plead justice because I'm guilty. (laughs) I recognize your spirit tried to stop me, but I overrode him. Now, see, I'm talking, these are the kinds of things that we all have to learn. Everybody, I'm not, this isn't just because I'm a minister. We all have to learn this. I said, I overrode him. I can't plead justice. I can't plead innocence or ignorance rather. So I plead mercy. I have that event and it was the next morning over 4,000 people would be there. I have to be there and I need mercy. And when I said that, God spoke to me. He said, all right, I'll give you mercy. But next Sunday morning, you get up before the congregation and you repent for that statement. I said, you got a deal. (laughs) I didn't have to pray about that. I said, you got a deal. And he said, if you don't repent Sunday morning, every flu symptom will come back on you. Is that from him? No, it's not from him. But if I won't repent, I'm in disobedience. And therefore, that will be, I'll be back on the devil's territory. So I said to him, you have a deal. As soon as I said that, every symptom immediately was gone. Every symptom. Mercy. Mercy. Thank God for his mercy. It's new every morning. But he doesn't give us mercy so we can keep purposefully missing it. Right? Right. I mean, if I went out and just did that again without, you know, you don't want to presume upon the mercies of God, meaning this, saying I can act any way I want and I'll get mercy. Well, that's not a right heart. And that's not the heart that receives the fullness of what God has for us. So the next morning I did the event and scores, scores of people got born again. Uh, I'm talking about political officials. I'm talking about lots of them. And for months after that, they were contacting me and telling me that they had gotten born again. That's what the devil was trying to interrupt. That harvest that was going to come. But see, because of my wrong thinking and because I didn't yield to the anointing that was abiding within that was trying to check me, then I opened the door to the devil. But thank God for his mercy. Amen. Amen. So do you see what I'm talking about when I talk about don't misspeak? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Don't misspeak. What about when we go to our, uh, a, a family event? Mm-hmm. Relatives, don't misspeak. Yes. Yes. And I say don't misspeak under the anointing. It's so important for ministers. Don't misspeak under the anointing, but you have an anointing that abides within yes. you also. Yes. So just in your daily life, yes. to draw on the anointing that abides within, don't misspeak because yes. that will keep that anointing from operating yes. as it should. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
Does that make sense? Amen. So the next Sunday I got up and I was glad. (laughs) I was glad to to acknowledge that. Um, Now, just know this. When we miss it and we sin, it's not weakness to acknowledge it and repent. It's that's strength. It's spiritual strength that will take responsibility and say, I missed it. I shouldn't have done that. Amen. Amen. Can I tell you this? There are rewards that belong to repentance. When you repent, there are rewards that come with that. What about the prodigal son? When he came back to his father and repented, the father rewarded him. Not for his wrongdoing, but for his repentance. He put the ring on him. He put the robe on him. He killed the fatted calf and he rejoiced with his family and friends over his homecoming. What was that? The rewards of repentance. Amen. When we were born again and we repented for the life of sin we were living, I'm talking about at the new birth, God rewarded us by how? Making us new creatures in Christ, making us part of his family. His life came in us. His ability came in us. Amen. His blessings, rights of sonship, privileges of sonship. The rewards of repentance are great. Repentance is rewarded by heaven. Amen. Amen. Repentance does not show someone to be weak. It shows someone to be strong. When we repent, God can work in our behalf. But when we won't repent, when we've missed it, we tie God's hands and he can't work for us unless we acknowledge that we need his help. When we repent, we're saying, I need your help. When we won't repent, we're saying, I don't need your help. I'll handle this. Amen. Repentance opens the door for him to work. And it's, and it's a sign of spiritual strength, not spiritual weakness. In a marriage, you should be repenting as you need to. In a home, you should be repenting as you need to. On the job, you should be repenting as you need to. Even if somebody mocks you for repenting, God will reward you. Mm-hmm. And even ministers, there, there, there are only a, a couple of times in 25 years of pastoring that in my heart, I knew I needed to set that straight with the congregation. I needed to repent. And when I did, God blessed me for it. Mm-hmm. Why? He saw he could trust me with, a, with, with advancement. That's good. That's right. Amen. Do you, we get up and repent every time we say something wrong? I mean, because, you know, no, I just don't say it again. Right. But I'm talking about when the spirit deals with you. Yes. Yes. I'm not saying repenting out of fear that I've done it wrong. And that can be a, a flow of fear that some people get into. They're afraid of missing it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the Spirit of God in your own spirit knows, I need to set that right. God will bless you for that. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss the next episode. We've got so much more to say. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this book, The Price of the Double Portion Anointing, Nancy Dufresne gives clarity on how we are to walk successfully in this era. It instructs those in the ministry, but also brings instruction to every believer in helping them to fulfill the will of God for their lives. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We will never receive from God beyond the measure of our response. 
In this book, Responding to the Holy Spirit, Nancy Dufresne instructs us how to properly respond to God in the moving of His Spirit. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.